Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Orny Adams, who I've uh, wanted to talk to for a very long time since I was obsessed with the movie uh, Comedian as a youngin, had a, had a lot to do with me starting uh, as a stand-up, and we talk about that, of course, at length. Also, just a very interesting guy all around who went to my high school. We had lots of weird uh, serendipitous connections that I think you'll enjoy. Let's get, uh, let's get the tour dates out there if you'd like to come see me live doing stand-up. It's been a great tour so far. So many weirdos are coming out. Here are the dates. October 24th through the 26th, I'll be in Phoenix at Stand Up Live. Uh, November 6th, I'll be in Brooklyn for the Bell House uh, New York Comedy Fest. That's part of the New York Comedy Fest. November 6th and 7th, I'll be at Up Comedy Club. I do believe there's a live podcast uh, that weekend as well. Uh, go to upcomedyclub.com for that. November 21st, University of Arkansas. November 29th, I'll be back in Boston for the Paradise for the annual Thanksgiving show. The Paradise is going to be great. December 5th, University of Iowa. December 11th through 13th, uh, that I'll be in Bloomington, Indiana at the Comedy Attic. January 29th through 31st, right here in Irvine for the Irvine Improv. And then San Diego, February 6th and 7th. That's February 6th and 7th. I'll be in San Diego. We rescheduled that at the American Comedy Company. And then February 20th through the 22nd, I'll be in D.C. for the uh, D.C. Improv. Check it. Check it. Check it. Uh, Here is the ad. It's Squarespace. Squarespace is so good and supports so many of these episodes. So here we go. It's a special promotion, by the way, uh, with Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. The special promotion for You Made It Weird guests, uh, guests, audience, and guests, I mean, if they want to. Squarespace is giving away a full year of its most premium level service valued at more than $288 to a randomly selected listener. All you have to do is tweet better websites for all with the hashtag Squarespace weird to be considered. If you currently have a Squarespace site, then post the URL, the URL as well, URL as well. And we might talk about it in a future episode of the show. Squarespace has been around for 10 years and they are constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. They have beautiful designs to, uh, for you to start with, and they have a ton of style options so you can create a unique website for you or your business. They released 20 new customizable templates last year, and every design automatically includes a mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content looks great on every device, every time. Squarespace is very easy to use with simple drag-and-drop tools, but if you need help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website. When you do decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the code WEIRD for 10% off and show your support for you. Made it weird. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support. Squarespace Everything you need to create an exceptional website. Enjoy Orny Adams, everybody. Come out and see some stand-up. Get into it. Uh, this is the guest seat, Ornenthal. Okay. <laughs> don't don't be testy. Don't be testy. I'm talking to myself. This is great. I'm so sorry I'm late. I've never... I have never... Isn't that right? In two... How many guests are we in? Fifteen. This is the 15th episode... <laughs> <laughs> of, of the, this is the first episode of the Pete, Pete Holmes and uh, Orny Adams show, mm-hmm. if you want to look at it that way. In which case, I'm always late. But I have never been late in all the episodes, and I was late today, and I've, I'm sincerely looking forward to this one. Uh, me too, and, and the page Some is Some of blank. them I don't care. 
<laughs> I, do, I do have no, I have no notes on you. I used to write down notes. Now I write like you'll be talking and you'll see me write something down. Yeah, and it's because I don't want to forget. I don't want to interrupt you, but I don't want to forget to say what I thought. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Back in the day, I just uh, interrupted more. You're a pro. I'm a. You're a pro. Who do you sound like? Oh, you sound like Luke Wilson. Oh, do I? Owen Wilson. Owen. Which is the one in Midnight in Paris? Owen. Owen Wilson. Right? No. That's not Owen. They're both great. Yeah, but you look. You're a pro. Say it again. That's how he said <laughs> I, I, it. I'm not affected. I'm, I'm just... gonna. I'm gonna picture your Owen Wilson. I'm gonna picture your nose slightly kind of askew. In that charming way, now say you're a pro. You're a pro. <laughs> you sound exactly. That's like my him. natural. Uh, yeah, that is. No, I'm not saying you're ripping him off. Are you saying he's ripping me off? I'm saying he's ripping you off. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Have you gotten that before? Yeah. If I will, this turn into a full uh, a mic stand. You gonna do a set? If I, if, I, if I just put it here. Yeah. This so we have we have tiny mic stands, and if you'd like to put it on the ground and feel more at home. Why do I feel like we've started the podcast? We have. Oh, we have. Okay. I don't. What do you want me to? I mean, I don't mean to put that on you. No, no, it's fine. I'm I'm sweating. It's. Uh, I know, it's... and I'm aggressive too. I keep finding myself being punchy. It's because I was late. Uh, I am 29 minutes late. What about the fan? Does that? Uh... Uh, yeah, I can turn that on too. the fan. What, what I think is amazing, uh, Pete, is yeah. uh, when I walked in here. Uh huh. I this, called you Ornenthal. No, this is a whole different world. Ah. The comic books and the and, and this is where the meltdown show is on. And I noticed I, t- I sort of walked down. I said, "Oh, this is this is what they're talking about. This is uh, what that is. Like I've heard about it. Yeah, and it's been this. <laughs> like I don't know if you know me well enough, but I'm uh, as outside a comedy as it comes. <laughs> All of it. Uh, I thought you were going to tell me you're more of a Laugh Factory man. No, I, I, I'm you're not just, even. You're just not even. Uh, I'm, you're I'm not even, in any of this. I'm banned from that place too. I'm. <laughs> Are you? I'm so. This is about as inside as I get. That I've been invited mm. into this. Yeah. Uh, you're a hobbit in Mordor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying as you're an I, outsider. As if I know what that means. Yeah. But this whole world, like this, this is a huge, beautiful space that's yeah. dedicated to these. Uh, this. And we have this little studio. And this is the this is the best show in town. You would love it. I, I think this is amazing. It's I, really it, intimate. It's all wood, so the the laughs just bounce around. But it just makes me realize how f- far removed I am. Yeah, but you know what? I a lot of people say that when they come in. I'll get uh, your uh, I don't know Dane Cook comes in and, mm-hmm. and he will talk. He'll say the same sort of thing. Like I didn't even know this faction existed. But does he sound like Owen Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> you sound you go Monticliani. <laughs> I, I just want to tell stories. Just tell some stories. He doesn't sound like one of the Wilsons when he yeah. does it. No, he doesn't. He you do. Like he sounds like Dane Cook complaining. Yeah, he can, well. He was a gentler Dane when he was on the program. You would like it. Uh, I don't care. Like I always feel bad recommending my podcast, but as a comedian and a connoisseur, I think you would enjoy the intimate conversations. You know, Dane and I were uh, DC, close friends. Is that right? Yeah, in our day. Yeah. Well, I didn't know this. I uh, I took the time where I was late to look look you up. I feel familiar with you, but I had never looked you up. You know, Wikipedia. Uh-huh. We went to the same high school. You and me. No, we didn't. LHS. No way. You're class 89. I'm class in 97. Wow. Hit it. Wow. Where, that where in Lexington are you from? I'm from, le- like, uh, not like fucking weird East Lexington. I'm from, like, you can walk to the center. 
Really? Yeah, I'm from Bloom. Muzzy Street? I grew up on Bloomfield Street. Not, Muzzy? Not too far from Muzzy Street. I grew up on Bloomfield Street, which is uh, is off right off of Mass Ave. This is amazing. Isn't that crazy? This is. This I is, thought it was a prank. That's how self-absorbed I was. I was like, someone's pranking me. Yeah. Well, my, now, my Wikipedia page, which, again, I've been banned from editing. <laughs> Because it, it can't be. You use the word banned twice. Yeah, I've been banned. You just think you're banned from things. I'm absolutely like, banned. Uh, you're not. No one is banned from using Wikipedia. Go to the library and use a different IP address. Well, uh, they, they banned my my. Uh, I can't use any of my devices. It they just know goes, you. You again? No, yes, because I want the truth. Yeah, I'm, I'm being 100 percent honest. You can't edit your own Wikipedia. I cannot page. edit Why? my own Wikipedia page because you kept adding shit. No, I kept changing things that were. They had my name misspelled uh, wrong. That's re- reasonable. Right? RNI is not correct. They had uh, the college I went to wrong. I kept changing things. And then uh, I think I added something and they said, What's your source? And I wrote, Me. Yeah. Like in the, yeah. But I'm the source. I'm the source. You're but, Orny Adams. Yeah. I was home recently and it was interesting because. In Lexington? In Lexington, where I, the home I grew up in. Mm. Boy, this sounds much better when I do it like this. Yeah. You really are on the outside of show business. <laughs> this is. Uh, <laughs> I was home recently, and uh, in three acts, yeah. Arlington, Massachusetts, very cl- adjacent to Arlington. I'm closer yeah. to Wilson Farms, where you can Wilson get- Farms, of yeah. course, yeah, where you killer a haunted house every year. I'm not. I'm never there for uh, Halloween. Is that true? There's a haunted oh, house. Oh, there was when I was a youth. Do you ever ride the ponies? You can go down there and. I uh, never rode a pony. I'm popping my peas. I'm too close. No, my mom. My mom uh, pulls me aside. It's. Uh, Quite a serious moment. Yeah. And uh, she says, have you been to your Wikipedia page? And I said... Modern uh, parenting. I go, uh, not recently because I've been banned. And it frustrates me. In fact, one time I went on there and I... I, I this is in the early days of Twitter. I, I said, everybody go on to my uh, page, my Wikipedia page, and destroy it. <laughs> Write the most absurd. And, and there was a really funny, like, all these, you know, yeah. and again, it got suspended for everybody and right. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, really the fun. She said, uh, why does it say you're a Jewish American actor comedian? Hmm. And I said, that's a, that's a great point. And that bothers me, too. Aren't like, you chosen? I am. Of course I'm Jewish. <laughs> but why... Why does it say? Why is that? That's not my uh, essence. Yeah, yeah. Well, mine says a non-Jewish. Does it say that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Holmes, not raised not Jewish. Not Jewish. Yeah. Never been to synagogue. I have such. That's not true. I've been to synagogue. I have such. Um, I've been so scarred by these podcasts that occasionally I look over to see when they're going to sneak in the picture. That they put on the web. Like, I keep thinking, she, she just picked up your water, and I thought, oh, here comes a picture. Uh, Better sit up straight. We don't take pictures. I like that. If we do, it's it's a surprise to me, too. Yeah. And I don't, I don't approve it. <laughs> I don't approve of it. One time we were meditating. Remember, I like that picture. Me and this guy, Vikram Gandhi, were meditating. Oh, that's he great. He was doing a guided meditation. Because I was like, do it. Do it for the people. Because a lot of people listen at work, and I was like, this will be great. You'll, like, fucking relax them. And uh, Katie snuck a pic during that. Had I known, yeah. my mantra would have been, stop it. How many people listen to this? That's a good question. I always want to know that when I do shows, and some people don't like it, but I like it. I think, what is it? Like 100,000 people listen to it the day it comes out. But then it's on there forever. Wow. So then... uh, Just got nervous. No. I I told told 100,000 people I'm a Jew? (laughs) They already knew. You're like like a Jewish Joe DeRosa. I I enjoy that energy. I would not... Like you're worried. I thought... You're frantic. You've been banned. I have a thought. We you warn people that you have thought. 
You're very chosen. <laughs> I can't believe we're from the same town. You're just I so can't very, believe it. You you ring Midwest to me. I know. You look like a guy that's tipping cows. I, when I say Lexington, people think I mean Kentucky. That's just because I know Kentucky's not in the mm-hmm. in the Midwest, but it's so not Boston. Don't we have other comedians from our town, too? Yep. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Conan is from... Uh, yeah, but he's not Lexington. Not Lexington, but Rachel Dratch yes. is from LHS. Yep. Eugene Merman, I don't know if you know Eugene. Is Eugene... Mer- he's a Lexington guy? He's a Lexingtonian LHS alum. I'm going to forget somebody. He's older than me. Is he? I like to think so. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But you look like you look like you canoe. I'm uh, You look like you're out there. Oh, the Concord River, yeah. I, no, no, I just meant in general, like now. I'm thinking of Eugene and you, and it's not fair because you look like a fella who's like, I'm going to climb this tree or like or like a log across two trees up in the heights, and you're like, I'm going to do that without a bidet, belay. I like, belay. I like staying, uh, I, I like physical, act, I like staying in shape, I yeah. enjoy the gym, but... I bet you whittle. I, I, I do all these things. Uh but I, I, I think Eugene took a smarter path for being accepted in comedy nowadays. That whole it's, look. It paid out. It paid out. Well, that is a, that's a common topic. I, so you're saying you don't feel like you belong in any scene. This, this, I, I resent, here's what I want to get going. Uh-huh. Alternative venue comedian. Because uh-huh. I'm not an alternative comedian. Uh-huh. I can do the – I always say the Laugh Factory probably because it's right there. You pass it on the way in. I can do – I love doing the Laugh Factory. I can do uh, the whatever, uh, Stand Up New York or whatever. Right. But I also enjoy crafting my act in places like this. So I'm not an all comedian, but I'm an alternative venue comedian. You know well, what I mean? If I were to do Nerd Melt, yeah. how would I have to change – I'll tell you. Okay. What's you the ready? formula? You ready? Slow down. Um, just be, re- you can go and you can, you can home run derby. You mm-hmm. can do great bits and, but they want you to be authentic. That's what I really think it is. Unless you're being really like Stephen Wright absurd, they're going to want you to be real. Here's something that'll get a laugh. Has anybody ever accused me of not being real? No, no, no. I'm not thinking of your act. When no, I but I, I mean, advice. I think that, that in, if you're going to be a great comedian, you're, you need to be real. I, I agree completely. A hundred percent. Otherwise it just I remember rings. reading an article about you. I was I was very interested in you. Uh, I'm still interested in you. you know mm-hmm. I, mean? I don't mean I lost my interest in you. But I remember after Comedian came out, I, I followed your career after that. And I remember reading an article that said you had moved to L.A. Here's what I remember about it. One was that you felt like the Jamaican bobsled team. That was a joke you made to the reporter. Uh-huh. Something about, like, it's the Olympics and I'm the Jamaican. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's good looking and yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, cool yeah. runnings over here. Yeah. And then I, I thought this was great because I know how those interviews go. I know how profile pieces go. And th- it's up to them. They can make you sound cool or not. And they decided to make you sound cool. And they said he, he lives in some what, one or two bedroom apartment. And then this was the line, the full quote that stuck with me, literally sweating out jokes. <laughs> like, like, like you were in a sweat lodge. Just like you were channeling your grief, like making a smoothie out of the dark matter in your, in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was really cool. That is cool. But you are authentic and you are real and you don't lie up there. But here's something that won't work is, is if you go up and, and it's just so clearly the fifth set you've done that night. Mm-hmm. You go up at the factory. You go up at a lot of places. You can just begin. And that's a privilege. That's something to enjoy. Yeah. I like that sometimes. But here they'd really enjoy if you did talk about what literally actually did happen to you that day, even if it's not phenomenal. But, you know, I do that in my in my stand-up. I believe you do. I I. Um, I was in Boston. I, I played a, a new club called Laugh Boston about two weeks ago, and I was on uh, 
I was on the news. I was I did Fox like the morning uh-huh, whatever, uh-huh. and I was talking about uh, gluten, which I refuse to give it the respect. I call it glutton. I just <laughs> it just blows my mind that all of a sudden I know a lot of people talk about this topic, but it drives me nuts that that we've been around this we've been on this planet for three hundred thousand years. Right. And in the last ten, we discovered we're all allergic to wheat. <laughs> Come on, right. So now I, I start getting angry tweets, uh, celiac disease. Is a, yeah, there's a series of whatever the fuck is, right? I go on stage and I recount exactly the tw- the back and forth on Twitter, and yeah. eventually it came down to I'm not fighting with somebody whose profile picture is a fucking egg, right? <laughs> I don't care. I, I well, go, it is gluten free, right? I, I, I go the the your, the, the celiac disease has made you so ugly, celiac, whatever that. <laughs> That you that literally you can't even use your own profile picture. You've got to use the egg, the generic egg, and come after me. I'm just trying to make people like Who's this fucking egg coming at after me? After me. <laughs> show your face. God damn it. Show so, your face. Show your face if you're gonna fight me. Your weed allergic face. I said uh, did make did celiacic make you uh, lose your sense of humor? So I go on stage that night with this exact angst. And yeah. let me tell you something, it sounded like a polished bit. It sounded like something I've been doing. Sure. Because Because you knew what you meant. And I know who I am. Yeah. So if I bring anything on stage, there's not – I don't really meander because I've got to have a sense of purpose. So the stuff that I've been doing for a few months – now, I'm not one of those comics that feels like you got to turn it over. I turn it over when my heart's not in it anymore. Yeah. When it, it has no meaning. Got to be in the song to hit the notes, baby. Yeah. You know, Bob Dylan once said, you know, I uh, there are certain songs I just don't feel connected to. Right. I, early on, I go – what does that mean? I mean yeah. It's a song. Yeah. Bob, sing a song. Hit the notes. Yeah. So, But I get it now. But now you have to have your heart in it. And if your heart is in it, and if you know who you are, that is the, that is the charge to the comedian, to the modern comedian. Yeah. It's like we will enjoy it. And I'm not saying that other like club comics aren't doing this. I just think you almost have to do it. Not have to do it. They'll love it if you do it. They'll love it if you're clearly in your voice mm-hmm. and with something that you actually care about. Then they'll really ride it. I don't think you'd have a problem uh, playing here. What am I, a doctor? I play. I think it's safe. I, I would love to. <laughs> I, I'd love to play this. Nobody's Bad. ever asked me. I wouldn't even know who to contact. Mm. But I did. Uh, my agent said you got to play this place. It's a. Uh, it's a, a living La- room. Laughs Boston. No, it's a living room. This is the Boston place. No, no, no. Oh. The, no, I, the Boston. That story. I'm, I'm saying that's that's, done. that's an example of a bit that if I were an audience member, I go. This is a polished bit. Yeah. I've never done it since. Yeah. I'll never do it again. Because Good for I, you for loving yourself for that, by the way. What do you mean? I'm being serious. You're yeah. like, it sounded like a polished bit. You've said that a couple times. You're complimenting yourself, and I like that. Uh, absolutely. I why, really do. Why, why wouldn't I? Because you, know? you put the work in. You've built this edifice that is your persona. I'm not saying you're not your persona. Yeah. You I, can be up to 100% your persona, but then you you know your voice, and you can go up with something you care about. So when I say that it's a polished bit, I'm saying if I came here... And I say this just happened to me. Like oh. I could, I could talk about for ten minutes about being stuck in the Grove parking lot. Right, just and, now. And, and if people say, "Well, he, he's that's Polish. He's done that before." I think that's so funny that you've turned your extreme confidence into paranoia. You're like, I'm so good. <laughs> they'll think it's a Polish bit, and no, they'll turn on me. My paranoia is that you're not understanding me. <laughs> I think I do, don't I? Yeah, I play the living room. I want to talk about the living room. Okay, go ahead. I, there's a, there's a, a great uh, alternative. I think it's called alternative because Brody was there. 
<laughs> there are certain people. Yeah. And, and there was they're a, there. And there was a food truck outside. Yeah. Uh, I think somebody's I've done this house. Room. Is it called the comedy living room? Yeah, it's called the living room. And they gave me a um, uh, a smokeless uh, uh, device for smoking marijuana. It was very. It was there sponsor, you go. It was sponsored by some yeah, yeah. whatever. It's the party scene from Almost Famous, but there's a microphone. Yeah, and they were totally cool. I did. Yeah. I did uh, my routine. I did some yes. extra stuff. And uh, You're great. Yeah. You know, it's it, there's like I, I recently opened for Ray Romano and I watched him go up and this is a guy who and I he is a hero of mine and I think his stand up is phenomenal. So uh, Seinfeld, same sort of thing. These are guys that aren't aren't putting a premium on this really just happened. They're mm-hmm. doing their act. But when I see them, when I saw Ray do it, he goes up and he he gets in it and I envy it. Mm-hmm. To give you a modern example, John Mulaney is a real do your act guy. He doesn't need to go up and riff, and he destroys here. It's just got to be funny and kind of slipped in casually. Mm-hmm. People don't want to see that. Uh, you know what? I don't even. I'm I'm really circling around this. I haven't quite found exactly what it is, but there's something disingenuous that a lot of people do. If you do something fucking hacky, I, I got. I'll tell you what top, I think it is. It makes everyone's dick shrivel and every vagina just. I agree with that. I think there's. Dry. I think there's two things that go on, uh, and I may be wrong. One. They don't. They don't want somebody to go up there and remind them that they're not like the audience. They don't want to differentiate. There you go. That's right. So I think that's a, that's a mistake some people may, may make and pander to that situation. Meaning, hey, I didn't fit in either. Right, uh, right. Even though right, I'm right. wearing you know designer clothes now and get laid right. a lot or whatever, right, right, whatever right. the stereotype or difference is. So sure. I think that that's that's the mistake when when I go on stage. Like, I was in San Jose uh, last month, and it was a more Latino audience. I don't look out there and go, this is a more Latino audience. More Although, Latino. I, it, it, I register the thought. I look at these uh, people as people. What if you were like, I look at these. <laughs> these some slur. I'm not going to do it. I, I don't almost have the balls said it. to do it. Uh, come on. <laughs> come on. Ruin your career on my podcast. I want to be the most quoted. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> Could get shot, too. Well, that's a stereotype. I'm just kidding. No, uh, no, we're but, having uh, fun. We're doing comedy bits. Oh, you, well. So, so I look at an audience as an audience, as people, because people live and breathe and they have emotions and it doesn't matter. Well, it's who. funny that you say that. I used to say when I was on the road, I, I wonder if you'll agree with this, I would be afraid I'd do a biker bar or something yeah. or I'd do, uh, you know, you do the Ice House. There's, there's a lot of Latinos there sure. and they're on dates. Actually... It should be they're on dates first and then Latino number 300 behind Right. Them. That makes me more uncomfortable. Uh-huh. What are you going to let? It's almost like parent-student night on a college. You don't, uh-huh. want, you don't want your girlfriend right there with everybody. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pepper and some girlfriends. That's nice. But everybody on a date? I don't need that shit. But then I always remind myself that everybody is uh, dealing with some core things. Uh, death is number one. I always go like everybody is a little bit of concerned that they're going to die. Yeah. So you can do jokes about safety and fear, and that's how I that's how I did like a bunch of colleges. I'd be in like talk about me looking corn fed. I'd be in Iowa a lot, and I would go up and I'm like, I don't know what to talk to these fucking kids about. I'm going through a divorce, and I'm, I'm from New York or I live in New York. I don't know what to talk to them, and then I'd be like, You you've been married? Yeah, that's weird. But then I was like, How old are you? I'm 28. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? I got married when I was 22. People, people know that. Uh, that listen to the show. I, I'll happily indulge your questions. No, I, I'll ask off the air. But that's fascinating. Yeah, it's really weird, right? Yeah, that is yeah, weird. I was really sweetie Petey. and I was religious, and I married the first girl I slept with when I was wow. 22. What religion are you? Regular. Regular. Good for you. Not <laughs> you, huh? Not you. Somebody said. I go. I'm. Uh, 
doing the Pete Holmes uh, podcast. I go, what, what's his format? And I said, well, you, you just talk for a while and then starts lecturing on religion. <laughs> yeah. Is that what happens? Am I, is there a conversion coming? Are, it, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not a uh, card-carrying Christian anymore. Okay, because Jesus am, does not believe in divorce. I'll tell you that much. He, he loves divorce. He loves he, it all. He told me that. He understand. He doesn't see things as dual, mm-hmm. dualistic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Divorced or married. I love religion. I love. Woman. I love uh, breaking it down. We need to get. To, we should get to it at the end. I love all the taboos. <laughs> uh, you know. I. I. I you know. I'm, I get. A, I'm stopping you, <laughs> Orny. I know it came up organically, but we have to stop. I'll, I'll remember. That's the one thing I'll remember to ask you at the end of all the irons we have in the fire. I will remember to ask you that. What? So it I'm in Iowa. You. I would go up and I would be like. You ever worry about the killer in your back seat? You ever gotten paranoid while driving yeah. that there's a killer in the back seat? And even if you haven't, everybody has some version of that, and then you're in. You know what I mean? You need to find that base human value that everybody has in common. People don't want to be lonely. People don't want to be hungry. Mm-hmm. Look at Jim Gaffigan. Mm-hmm. That is a universal thing. I love bacon. <sighs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Hungry, lonely, uh, brokenhearted, afraid to die. These are the basic things that pretty much any audience can get on board with. Yeah, yeah. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, no, you're right. There are some uh, universals. There's uh, commonalities, and you have to find it and and, and tap into it. And that's what and and, uh, and try and find something unique that hasn't sort of been discussed about that. That's right. The challenge. That is the challenge. It's hard to find. It's like airport material. There's still some in there. There's mm-hmm. still something that hasn't been said about airports and traveling. Listen, that ban on airline jokes is it's ridiculous. <laughs> It's I'm like on a, a plane every week. Yeah. Let me say something about it. <laughs> Let me say something about being a hack. I'll trade you that for something else. Well, to, yeah. It's just... I think they're coming back. If, if, if a comedian wants to... Because it's authentic. I think people didn't understand. In the 80s, there wasn't the hyper-awareness, I think, of what a comedian's life is like. So now if you're on tour and you want to talk about being on tour, and that includes traveling and Mm -hmm. and eating in hotels and jerking off in unfamiliar showers, people like that because it's real. Whereas I think in the 80s, people didn't care. This is pre-Seinfeld. This is uh, pre-the movie Comedian. This Mm -hmm. is pre-where people really are now invested in the person as a three-dimensional person. That's why the the biggest laughs I get and uh, the best fans I have are the ones that really know me. So if I'm talking about something that's just so authentically my perspective, that's that's what I've been circling around. Yeah. That's what people want to see. Rather than just something that is like tried and true, this is a joke formula. Oh, I was just in Minnesota, and man, the beards on those people. Uh-huh. And that was just the ma- women. I <laughs> fucked it up. And you should have seen the men. Uh-huh. Or whatever it is. Uh, people have less appetite for that. Yeah. And they want they want you. And that's what Ray does, and that's what uh, you know Seinfeld to a certain extent does. I have a great story that happened on a plane. Hit it! I know we started with a hundred thousand <laughs> listeners. Do you think we still? What are we down to? Eighty-five thousand. That is so terrifying. <laughs> that is so scary. No, there's, there's been drop off. Let's talk about the people that aren't listening right I now. I don't think there's Get been left. a drop off. Here's no. Here's... There are some assholes that stop listening. That's true. Yeah. I've stopped listening to a podcast because the guy's voice reminded me of someone I had a problem with. Oh, really? <laughs> Recently. I'm, I, Orny, I'm going to put this to you. Are you ready? Yeah. You're going to love it. Okay. But, I mean, okay. No, no, no. Okay, no but, I'm going to put this down so you can say what you're going to say. Go. I wrote it down. Go. I think we're missing something. Something's been bothering me since I walked in here. What's that? Well- the way we met up. Where was that? 
We were in Montreal. Canada. Well, yeah, I know that. The first time we met, though, I don't, I don't know. If don't you... tell me. Uh, did we meet before that? I'm gonna. Feel Am I horrible. gonna like trump you? No, 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 no. Uh, I saw you once. That's all. Where? I don't know. Some club. Who cares? Okay. Really, the official first time we. Right, yeah. I just did something to you that I hate when people. No, do that I, to me. I, I walk out of the hotel at Montreal. It's yeah. The comedy festival. Yeah. And you know everybody in the world is up there oh, with their with their polished acts. <laughs> and, uh, with their personas, yeah. unique pro- point yeah. of views. Oh, it's so calculated. What you wear, everything. It's it's amazing. It's a it's the the show. The minute you get on that plane, yeah, uh, it's a show. It's a show. The show begins. That's funny. I had a friend give me that piece of advice. He was like, "The show begins when you get to the club," and I yeah. think that's true. Well, I, I look, I'm, I'm walking towards our Starbucks, and I see a gaggle, if I uh, can use that word, of yeah. people around a taller person. I thought it was geese, and that would be you. Yeah. And there seemed to be like a like a buzz. There seemed to be, and I know who it was. It was <laughs> some improv people for the clubs, and they were sort of excited, like they were trying to get some dates out of you, or whatever uh, it was. Oh, I remember that. Yep. I go, wow, this this is uh, this is this, this is an this guy's piping on. This is this guy's uh, this guy's got some heat. <laughs> this is fantastic. And uh, I had seen your show, and I was sort of impressed. I was sort of. Uh, like wow, that, that's the guy. He had a, 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 a he's got a talk show or had yeah, a, had a talk show. Yeah, yeah. And I said, wow, that's really like I sort of was impressed by that. Oh, I was thanks. Ex- I was excited to meet you. That's kind. And before I could even say that, you flipped it and you were excited to meet me. And I was like, fuck him. Yeah, he should be excited. Like all of a sudden, I'm like I'm not excited to meet that guy. Oh, your brain. No, no, you. no. It was it was right. I for a second I was lost. I thought I'm excited to meet Pete Holmes. But in actuality, it was it was the to balance compensate was, for the narrative. You're like, nah, I'm the hero. No, I'm the hero. I was legitimately excited yeah. that you knew me. Yeah, of and course. you were excited to meet me. I was like, I was excited to meet somebody, and they were excited to meet me. This is this is great. Well, no, isn't it nice when that works out? Because yeah. it, bra- it, it still breaks my heart. If I see a friend and he's not as enthusiastic to see me as I am to see him, which happens a lot, it breaks my heart a little bit. You ever do that? You're like. Hey, Sammy! Yeah. And Sammy's like, what's up, man? Sammy, you better be going through a breakup or something. Right. That, that was horseshit. Serious shit. <laughs> that was horseshit yeah. what you just gave me. Fuck yeah. you. And if they're not. They're I just will... fucking dull people who forget that all they have is that moment. And they I will jump up and down fervor. every time I see you. Every time Thank I you, see Ernie. you. I'm saying that to the 75,000 remaining listeners <laughs> we have on this podcast that right now. That is great. By the end, it's going to be one guy named Todd <laughs> listening to us talk about God. Perfect. And Todd, we love you. Toddcast. Todd, At that point, it'll just you. be a Toddcast. Well, let, that's good. How did you get a talk show? I think that that is, a, is amazing. Yeah, isn't that a good story? You know, I... I can tell you that story, but let me tell you this story first, because mm-hmm. it, it'll give us context. I really should do this up top, but I don't. The movie, uh, you get it all the time, Orny. Come on. From comedians. It must be annoying, actually, I have to imagine. But comedian, here's what happened. So it's 2000. When did that come out? One. 2001. So it's 2001. I, that's what I was going to say. And or I, two. It feels I pre-9-11. It was, uh, feels pre-9-11. It came out post-9-11. Here's how I know. Okay. Because I'm in Chicago, and we were all doing this open mic called The Lion's Den, and then 9-11 happened, and it really shifted the whole scene. Everybody started uh, gripping, coming to terms with their mortality, yeah. and it made jokes funnier, and it made comedy more urgent. Uh-huh. It was really an interesting kind of social thing happening. So comedy was really cool. We're doing it. We're doing it hard. Things have shifted. We're now more serious. We're more serious about our dreams. Mm-hmm. I swear to God. We were more like, we're not fucking around. Mm-hmm. The sky is falling. It was a scary time. And we're like, we're going for it. Uh-huh. A lot of us were. 
Then the movie Comedian comes out. I go and see it. Uh, I believe I saw it at the theater. There's a triple intersection in Chicago. I forget what it's called. It's across the street from a Pop Bellies, and it's next to a Barnes & Noble. Anyway, so I went to that theater matinee. So who's at the matinee? You think nobody will be there? The whole thing was every comedian in Chicago. Huh. It was just, None of us had discussed it. Uh-huh. We all thought we were going with our one friend. Uh-huh. We go. It was such that you could talk during the movie because every, and it wasn't in a big scene. We're talking like 20 people. Matinee. Yeah. Like a Monday at 2 p.m. So we're there. You, 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 As if I would be upset I by know. the I'm sale. sorry about the numbers. Yeah. It's not looking good. It's not looking good for you, Arnie. How so, did we do the next weekend? It was good. It got better. <laughs> 22 people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, but you're co-headlining now with uh, Angel Salazar. Uh, that uh, movie changed not only my life, it changed a lot of our lives. I literally, listen to how impressionable I was so I'm 23 or 4, and I left the theater with complete certainty that I was going to move to New York sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Did. Did about uh, a couple of years later. I stayed in Chicago for a little while getting better. But I went through this really weird phase. You can actually find video of me uh, mimicking how you dressed. You wore dress pants, and you'd wear like a button-down. you got to send me this. Like a show shirt. You wore show shirts. <laughs> you know what I mean? I took it seriously. It you a, took it seriously. It's a privilege to be yeah, on stage. I know. Well, we never considered that. I, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'd, love to go, I'd love to go on on flip-flops. But there was something – I don't. But there was something about like you wore slacks – and you wore collared shirts. And then I went out and, like, bought those things. I didn't have those things. I bought those things. I'll send you the video. It's, like, a way too tight power red, like, kind of, like, 50-50 rayon cotton sort it. of thing. Because I was, like, that's what Orny did. Huh. And then I moved to New York. I watched Comedian. Once it came out, this is so it's – it's mildly embarrassing. Let's just own what it is. I bought – I worked the improv, and I bought – all the action figures. Remember the little uh-huh. action figures? Because they opened the machine and let me t- take them out. Uh, I was opening for Gavigan, actually, in Cleveland. Uh-huh. And that, which is where he goes, actually. I think Jerry goes to the Cleveland Improv in that movie. Anyway, uh, and then I had all the figures. I watched the movie obsessively and with the commentaries and everything. Moved to New York. The first time I went to stand-up New York, I had this, like, cathedral-like experience not because it's a club in Manhattan and not because it's uh, of some story. This is where Jay Moore auditioned for SNL, which is true. Uh-huh. It wasn't because of stuff like that. It was because this is where Orny and uh, Jerry have the uh, Glenn, Glenn Miller Glenn, yeah. Glenn Miller conversation, yeah. Yeah. the orchestra conversation. And I was – I shit my pants basically huh. that whole time. I don't think I was even listening when he was telling that story. I think I was looking <laughs> at him thinking this is Jerry Seinfeld talking to me. Really? Yeah. Uh, what I love about that scene is not that story per se, which now actually resonates and makes complete sense to me. Right. Was There was a moment where now I got off stage and I felt like I did a great job. Uh, and I and I was very excited by the reaction. And as I'm walking off stage... Wait, this is the first time you talked to him? Uh, you know, it feels like there were, it was orchestrated. You know... These documentaries and reality shows. Yeah, they're, they're, they're put together. There are producers behind the scenes going, hey, make sure Orny's at Stand Up New York at this time because Jerry's coming. You know, right, sure. And you're always communicating through the producers. Well, the lore is that you had the gall to ask Jerry to go on before him because you needed to work on a set. This is, I guarantee this isn't true. Oh, but people I, were like, Orny asked him, I need to go on. You keep bumping me. 
I need to go on first. No, I mean, the real story is... And then they put you in the movie. Because, no. Because of your balls. It's a, it's a, it's a better story. No uh, way. If it, if it concerns size of balls. I'm going to write down airplane. That reminded me you have an airplane story, too. But go on, go on about your balls. First, I was getting bumped everywhere. I, I sort of... Uh, <laughs> by Jerry. You know... It it took me years to get to the point where I was getting this many spots. I think there was like one weekend I did 22 spots. Wow. You know, it's like, and That's... I worked really hard to get to that point. And, and now Jerry comes in and uh, he's bumping me and he's not that funny. And it just. <laughs> what? You mean. <laughs> it wasn't that funny. Because he was starting new material. He was doing the same style. It was the same shit we'd seen. Oh, so they God. had the camera on me. And they said, what do you think? I go, it's not that funny. The comedy's changed. We are more... Uh, the, 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 <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. And I, I literally badmouthed him. And they showed Jerry. And he said, he's right. And he's the only one who has the balls to criticize me. Follow that guy. No. So that's the true story. That's was a that better story. I was so... Upset? Why wasn't that in the movie? I don't because it was done in a dark. I mean, that film exists. We were downstairs at Gotham, the old Gotham. It was dark, and I was. I walk in, and the mother effing cameras are there again. And I go, "You got to be shit me, Jim." Yeah. Now listen, um, I, I I'm working a Saturday night at Gotham. I got girls coming down to see me. I got friends. <laughs> you know, this is my social launching pad, and this guy with the show's going to come in. Yeah, no way. No way. I've been working every night, and to be a great comedian, you got to work every night. You can't just come off of the set after 12 years of an unbelievably successful, incredible sitcom and, and do stand-up. And I just felt like it wasn't there, and I told him that, and he agrees. And Jerry, Listen. He wasn't doing stand-up during Seinfeld? I don't know. I don't think. I, I, I believe he stopped doing stand-up. Oh, wow. And he was doing that, I'm going to tell you for the last time, he was doing the same sort of jokes, and right. comedy had shifted. So when you talk about me in the movies wearing college shirts, that's because I was stupid enough to still hang on to the past where comedy comics got dressed up. I've always been a traditionalist, which screws me when sh- things shift like it does now, and all of a sudden everybody's in the back of a fucking comic book store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, talking about what happened that day right and i'm, I'm at home <laughs> going hey Crafting. yeah should i use the word lawyer or attorney lawyer attorney lawyer attorney lawyer attorney <laughs> calling 15 people going back and forth saying it over and over again i gotta go speaking with into a microphone attorneys uh, yes attorneys funnier that's a hard take <laughs> see you've got the basic I got chops you got the instincts you don't have yeah. to stay home yeah, all night yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's that beautiful moment at Stand Up New York, which was so misunderstood by people, which I love. Personally, I love being misunderstood. Yeah. I think it's great. Why? Why? What? Because if you can't get it, you know, I'm not going to explain it. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, so- I'm sorry. But, you know, if you, you want... You don't get the privilege of having it explained to you. I said it once. Get it or don't, I'm not going back. Because You're the professor who's writing on the chalkboard with one hand and erasing with the other hand. Yeah, what wasn't understood? Catch up. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what did people think? People well, thought Jerry, you were... No, no, no. Jerry, uh, I got off stage and the cameras are right there and they're like, what do you, what do you think? I'm like, that was great. Whatever. I, you know, because I was very vocally... Uh, confident. Uh, confident, which, you know, I've Talk learned sure. to... I've learned to suppress that. Yeah. Well, they kept probably every confident thing you said in the movie because that's how you Absolutely. Yeah. 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 They don't put the, when I'm crying, the tears, that doesn't make it. Yeah. Um, Really? 
I saved a kid in the middle of the street. That didn't make it in. I got a, a deal with Warner Brothers that's and moved to be, Los Angeles. That didn't make it in. That's got to be a good feeling. If you save a child from the street, that's good. If you save a child from the street while people are filming. I saved a kid, picked him up, horns are honking, and I'm yelling, is it in focus? <laughs> Check the gate. <laughs> I thought you were... I, I went out of bit mode to just listen to a story about peril. That's why there was a delay in the laugh. That was just too good. Pete, if I can have you for one second. Let yeah. me finish the story. Please. So I get off stage and I'm <laughs> cocksure. Yeah. Cocksure Orny yeah. Adams. Cock as we've lark. seen plenty on uh, tape and we've been, I've been criticized. I think the uh, LA Times uh, described me as uh, being bereft of humility. Mm. Not too sure if that was the exact words. That's but a great album title. Bereft of bereft humility. Of, Adams, yeah. bereft of humility. Oh, I'd be at the meltdown every week <laughs> if I could come up with something like that. Uh, so, Can I tell you? I'm going to interrupt you. Every I, time I'm in Montreal, I go, it's a 7 o'clock show! <laughs> I do that every I'm time. I'm still right. Uh, you're right. I'm doing a, a corporate... And then you do the offensive French laugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, now I would be smarter not to do that. <laughs> yeah. Now I would edit myself. But back then... There yeah. wasn't this PC thing going on I now. Understand. we got to be politically correct about everything. Yep. Um, did you see Don Rickles when he was up there? No. Oh, my God. He is such old school racism. <laughs> it was It was like... <laughs> It was People like, don't even get some of those like uh, stereotypes. It it's was like, sh- oh, there's a Native American. Hide your margarine. Right. What? No, he had, <laughs> wait, 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 he had one. Uh, uh, oh, he had this one bit. Um, it was uh, it was unbelievable. I, I, I looked at the comic next to me like, I can't believe that just happened. But he goes, uh, he goes, what are you? Uh, he looks at a guy in the front. He goes, what are you, Puerto Rican? Right. This is in Montreal, right? He goes, what are you, Puerto Rican? And the, the guy was like, why? He goes, he goes, I ran into a Puerto Rican once in an alley. He pulled out a switchblade. I said, hey, I don't even know Maria. Oh, I... <laughs> he did a West Side Story reference oh, in 2014. You don't bring that shit to the meltdown. Okay. You don't bring that shit to the meltdown. It's funny, man, but you're talking about the same thing. You're talking about the train passing Jerry mm-hmm. Seinfeld, one of, our, one of our greats for sure, and even feeling that way a little bit. Not that you haven't caught up, but there is this thing called relevance. Are you saying my relevance train is... No, I'm saying you are uh, wonderfully articulating one of the things comedians need to do is keep an eye over their shoulder going like, is it hack now to go up and talk candidly? Well, that's why I said to Jerry, you know, during the filming of this is as we got closer... And he said, let me take you out for the night. We're going to go around town. And I said, how are we going around town? He goes, my car will pick you up. And I go, no, 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 we're taking the subway. I go, that's when you write bits is on the subway, when you're jammed up against people and, you know, and you're running late and the train stops in the middle of nowhere for 15 minutes. That's funny because that's a Seinfeld quote. He goes, nothing funny was ever written on the beach because New York is the perfect city because the wind is in your face and you have to lean into it. It's funny that you had to remind him of the song in his own heart. And then he said, uh, we're not taking the subway. So, no subway, <laughs> no way, subway. I got a subway on a sandwich. Let me finish a stand-up New York story. Yeah, go Don't ahead. Get out of me. So I'm walking off the stage, bereft of humility, bereft, and, ex- <laughs> and excited. And there's Jerry, and I go, "Good luck," you know, being like trying to be funny or something. I believe. Yeah. And they go, "Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Seinfeld." You hear this enormous roar. Yeah. And I look at the camera and I go, "Fuck him." I re- that's in the movie. Which is me being funny. Yeah. Going, geez, you know, I just worked my ass off as an unknown to get these laughs, and but he just walks in and gets a bigger laugh. This is what he laugh. says about you. He says you're the transparent comic. You're, yes. you're those bodies. You can see all the organs. 
And look, I, I see it all the time. Like with my uh, opener, he's a good friend of mine, Chris. I've seen little moments of just like he goes out, he kills with with his stuff, and then I go out and I can be like peanut butter, peanut butter at the beginning, uh-huh. and they'll love it just because I'm there. Uh-huh. So fuck that shit. I yeah. understand. That's a that's a normal impulse. Yeah. Chris has never said anything, but I'm like, he has to be thinking because that's what I used to think. Yeah. I used to play like the comedy cafe. You'd stand in the in the lobby with the headliner, the middle, and you, uh-huh. and people would say to the headliner, "Great set, so funny." You were funny too to the middle, and then they just nod at you. There's so much rage, and yeah. you don't know where to put it. It's just this whole this feeling of like it's gonna get better when I'm funny. You'll see, but it's painful before it happens. Yeah. And even during it while it's happening. Yeah. No, I was just... Uh, so you say, fuck him. In a funny way. Yeah, I understand. And maybe it didn't translate that way, which is fine. I didn't have the character down, which is clearly polished at this point, which we've... <laughs> we've discussed. We've discussed this. Yeah. For those 58,000 people it, still listening. It's st- <laughs> Wow, we had a big drop-off. Once we started talking about a documentary from 2001, <laughs> people have really tuned out. And people are like, geez, Pete used to dress like him? It'd be great if you started dressing like me now. Yeah. That would be... Yeah, you could, but it's not right. Yeah, why not? Ah, why not? You could. Yeah. I'm thinking of the shirt I had. It was too tight. Too tight. <laughs> you ever go to pick up that milk carton? Too light. Ah, uh. uh, that's a Seinfeld. What else do we have written down? No, we're not done. You, oh, see, so you go, fuck him as a bit, and then you, you talk about the Glenn Miller story. No, but people, you read, uh, this is back on the internet when it was dial-up. Like, who is yeah. he to? Somebody you know, had to take 30 minutes out of their day to write, <laughs> yeah. fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the thought. Goodbye. Fuck, I did. God damn it. Don't Watch. forget the thought. Don't forget the thought. He's an asshole. I gotta get it out. It was a 45 minute endeavor to say you suck. You got mail. <laughs> He's putting in the free disc. Yeah, He's installing like it. Things are spinning. Yeah, you just get uh, free hours. Uh, no, uh. this is before. I don't know when the internet came out. I'd have to check Al Gore's Wikipedia page. But uh, <laughs> I I remember I was... Now, mm. this, in regards to Seinfeld, it's good. I should put a little button on this because uh, I must say, when I've seen him, once he really started working on the act, I thought he really got it together. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he sped it up a little bit. There were edgier observations. I, I, I really think he does great work. I right. really enjoy the way Jerry's mind works. But I'm saying at the time, sure. meaning... You know, I haven't been on stage in a week. When I go on tonight, there's going to be ring rust. That's what happens. So ring ta- rust? Yes. You take, it's a boxing metaphor. Ah, ring rust. I stopped you because I want to use it. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's the only art form that you forget how to do it in seven days. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it was just me commenting on, you know, and it's fun to look at older people and think they're getting irrelevant. And but- I, th- I think you're right. There's a certain extent, uh, you know, okay, so going back to my opener, Chris. Uh, he used to break my balls so much. And that's why I was like, this kid. Because if it's really funny, like, he'll really give it to you. But if it's not, he won't. And there is part of us that kind of enjoys that. So Seinfeld, he's a comedian. He might be worth a trillion dollars, but he's still a comedian. He would still rather the young... That's the thing. You don't even realize you have this commodity. You just think you're the struggling young guy. Mm -hmm. But you're a young guy in the scene. You're relevant by default, almost. If you're going up all the time, you are the new blood, even if you're not good yet. Mm-hmm. So he would still like you. Even if Colin Quinn and all these wonderful people love him, he would still like the young guy to like him. So when you were like, fuck this guy, you put the hook in him, and now you got him. Well, I think he had also, for the I'm longest not... time, had people around him that just agreed with whatever he said and of complimented course. him. Yeah. It didn't have people that, you know, 
we would have conversations where he'd ask me, going, I know you're going to be honest with me. Yeah. And I, and I have several friends that are like that. I can't help but be honest. And I'm not trying to be an asshole. It's just I can't sugarcoat yeah. it. If it isn't there, it isn't there. Yeah. Um, but I think what Comedian was really about was it doesn't matter how big you get. It doesn't matter how much money you make or how much adulation you get. You always go back to what Jerry calls the trunk of the tree, which is stand-up comedy. Mm. And I think Jerry was envious of people like me that were able to work every night in anonymity and grind it out in these sweaty gyms, they called it, yep. and and really work a bit to its essence and figure out what it's about. Right. Without the burden of, woo, I don't want to be a pirate. Right. Right. Yeah. And when you're doing a TV show, I mean, you've done TV, it isn't real, and you don't have as much control. Yeah. And you just want that independence, and that's what stand-up... Well, that's why it goes back. It right. Goes back to it. Yeah. So I really think there's that there's that whole relationship that isn't so clear in the film, yeah. but I think that's what it's about. But I, I agree, and I, I'm glad that you were as much of a... What's the word? Villain? Villain. I was going to say putz or something, but that's not quite right. Sir Silverman said, uh, you're, you were a villain in a documentary film. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, let's say villain then. I'm glad you were that villain because that villain exists in every comedian's heart at the beginning, at some point. somewhere. Some of them mute them better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, even when you're like, what, I got to get my own door? Like, I understand. God, if you don't understand that joke. Yeah. I mean, that's, honestly, if, if people, and people didn't get it, yeah. then, then shame on them. <laughs> you shouldn't even be allowed to laugh. Your laugh card's gone, you fucking idiot. I mean, honestly, if I have to defend that. Yeah. But people think you're serious because you're silly. But that's the Oh, thing. maybe they think I'm serious because I'm a great actor. <laughs> maybe that's some great acting. I tested for a pilot. They said my hair made me look like a serial killer. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm talking to my phone. <laughs> and then that bit gets cut. I think that... That bit just isn't cut. It it's is not in the set. Yeah. You had a compromise, and, the, and then it just didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, uh, again, <laughs> I like being misunderstood, so it's cool. And I think that if I were to say that right now, uh, I could do it with a smirk on my face that would convey better to the audience. Right. That, but honest to God, that's kidding. The other stuff... Yeah, there, uh, believe me, there's plenty of stuff in there that I would be embarrassed if I watched sure. uh, and go, ooh, ooh. But, y- you know... But even stuff like when you're like, uh, you get Montreal and then you're like, there's a fine line between who you can, who will be happy for you and who you're rubbing it into. Mm-hmm. Most people keep that to themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's not to say that that doesn't... You know what? Those occur most, to everyone. Those most people didn't make it into a documentary. <laughs> Keeping it to themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, you really, you really uh, let your freak flag fly. Well, I, you know, but you didn't yet understand when you're like, what about my, uh, I could be a stockbroker and I could have a wife and kids. And Jerry's like, what are you talking about? Now I've been doing this for, I don't know, 13, 14 years or now or something. And I understand the Glenn Miller thing. Yeah. I understand the bliss, the real Zen bliss of being in the Cleveland airport and getting a fruit cup. On yep. the way to one show on a Thursday, yeah. you know, you just got to be there by eight. I understand that now, but when you were like, "What am I? What am I supposed to do? I, I can't do yeah. this. I, I want. My, I see my friends having wives and children, and he goes, "Ugh." And now I get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not to say that I, I'm immune to the uh, draw of a family life, but I understand that at that point in your life. You are uh, a foot soldier for comedy, and like, what a fucking privilege that all you have to worry about is that. So you look at a married man with a show and children. Uh, he has kids, right? Yeah, now he does. Yeah, he didn't have them at the time. Uh, I don't think so. Well, he was. He was like, what a wonderful thing 
to have, as you said, anonymity yeah. and also just abundant free time. To, to say yes without thinking about it or checking with anybody to the yeah. 1 a.m. prom show or right. whatever the fuck, yeah. that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And he sees you as the mason who's, whose calluses are fresher and harder than his coming outside of the show. I'm yeah. imagining. Yeah, no, no, no. Jerry gets it. I mean, he's he's they get it. he's got a comedic mind. I mean, he understands the equations, and he's a guy that you you could sit. He'd 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 break your routine down for you. And, and yeah, uh, you know, he really. And those are the people I like to hang out with. The people that really respect and enjoy talking about the nuances. Right. I love the nuances of, of right. stand up comedy. Unfortunately, right. you know, having been in this documentary. It gave everybody that wanted to hate me a great excuse to vilify me, which which is fine. I chose to be in it. There, that was me in it. Uh, I didn't realize at the time that you know comedians are really smart, critical people with egos, and we're going to look for a reason mm. to shoot somebody down. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I, I feel like I spent too much of. 10 years of my life after that dealing with the consequences of being in comedian. And I still sort of feel it at, at times, although it's like now it's like, uh, you know, I, I feel like maybe I, uh, people understand I've survived. But that's, see, that's the whole thing. It's funny. I feel like that movie started this transparency. Uh, in fact, I've never met Jerry, but the thing that I was going to say to him, I, I, I have it loaded because you don't want to freak him out. And I'm just going to say thank you for making comedian. It helped my parents understand what I do. He'd love to hear it. That's all I want to say. He'd love to hear it. And that's true. But I really do think that that film helped. And maybe, if it didn't begin, it certainly helped jumpstart this movement where audiences now understand the process they understand you're working on – look at the compliments you get after sets. I'm, I have to know, – I know you get them. Love the new stuff. What? Nobody said that in 19, from 1978 to 1988 yeah. no, to 2008. Nobody said love the huh. new stuff. The new hour is great. Uh, or I really like – I like the tag. They know the, this lingo uh-huh. because of things like Comedian opening a floodgate where think- it's not enough to be funny. They want the whole person. I think only comedians saw this documentary and people in the industry. I That might be true, but other stuff, whether it be Louie is the most recent example, shows about comedians, even, even Seinfeld to a certain extent showed people like Banya and all that sort of stuff. It, it helped you understand, oh, these are people that write things down. They go on stage and they try it. That's called a bit. And when it's new, it's new. And after you do it three or four times and it's working, you got yourself a bit. Podcasts, interviews, in-depth interviews, documentaries, and television shows all made people go like, back in the day, a comedian was like a magician. A magician, David Copperfield. No, I'm sorry. Houdini said, (laughs) oh, sorry, David Copperfield. Houdini said, uh, magician is an actor. 48,000 listeners. I'm going to get it back up to 50 with this quote. A, A magician is an actor pretending to be a magician, right? And it was back in the day, I think... Comedians were actors pretending to be the funny guy. Mm-hmm. You just go up and you're like, "Oh man, I just flew in from Milwaukee." No, you didn't. Shut the fuck up. You don't think? But this... like back then, they didn't care. They were like, "This is the funny guy, and he's here." Now they want everything. They would like you to go up. They would rather you go up and say, "I got nothing," or whatever it is. Just bring it somewhere. Bring it somewhere real. You don't think there's an element of that going on in the scene right now? Which one? People. Uh, uh... Being, you know, what they think is a comedian. Oh, no, that happened for the first 10 years of your career. (laughs) 
and you smell their influences. I'm not proud of this, but when I, you know, I bring Chris with me, but I always play a game with the MC. I go name the influence, and it takes about 13 seconds. Yeah, that's not bad. That's just me noticing. The you know, worst is when you go, "Who is baby it?" Baby puppies smell like placenta. That's who just how it goes. Is it? Who is yeah. he doing? I'll tell you who it is. It's Louis Z.K. Who is she? Oh, is that? If the... you go like, and you fucking, if you gotta, I'm over here, and I, I got the fucking all of this. Oh, Stop really? acting like that's like uh, Jake Johansson pretending like he. Look, I love Jake Johansson. I love Louis. Uh-huh. But that's sort of like you're so in it that you're even rephrasing it. And I believe Louis genuinely is doing that. But then you have these comedians pretending like they are. And they're like, she's got like a fucking whatever the fuck. You know, I'm going to, I'm a piece of shit. And I look at your asshole. I'm looking at, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at your asshole. You know what I mean? Just that. Yeah. That is such a beautiful and brilliant breakthrough. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like this great time saver. It's like it's like sliced bread. It's like suddenly people are like, oh, just go up and do it like this. And, it, and you sound like an authentic person and it's funny and you can hit it in a different way. Suddenly it's like jazz all of a sudden uh-huh. instead of this guy's playing folk music. Now we can go up and do jazz. But people are going to rip that off. And uh, a lot of people who are the uh, – I can't think of the other people. There's uh, Tosh. Yeah, you'll see some Toshes, you'll see some Jesselnicks. And to be honest, every once in a while I'll see a me, and I'm always kind of I'm flattered. Because look, that's what it is. That w- When I started comedy, I wanted my website to be a blender with Brian Regan's head. I think I, at the time I really loved, I still love Dane, but like, I'm sorry, I always do that. I'm always guilty of like being afraid of saying I like Dane. Dane, if you hear this, I love you. Dane was in there, Brian was in there, and uh, Jim Gaffigan was in there. And I wanted the blender to blend up and then my head would be in there. That's great. Because I, was, I wasn't ashamed, and neither should they be. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? At a certain point, though, suddenly you just wake. It literally is. If you keep at it. Was my red shirt not in the blender? <laughs> Seinfeld was. So <laughs> someone you knew was in the blender. It doesn't. I mean, my, my shirt should have been in there. That influenced <laughs> your career for some time. Ah, it did. <laughs> my shot at the time, I was definitely wearing a power blue shirt. Can you imagine how blown your mind would have been if you had known at the time we grew up in the same town? I, c- I can't believe I didn't know that. <clears throat> was Mr. Bogart there? Theater? theater I, didn't, I wasn't a theater guy. Oh, no? No. no. Were you uh, more of a J-Calf guy? No, I... Uh, I've Jay never. Kev, it's just a cafeteria that was not a Jewish joke. I've never had a group. That's why I don't. It's so strange to me. It's like when I look at comedy, and I, uh, you know, I've only in the last two years accepted that I'm an outsider. Mm. So I'm sort of. I like to talk about it now. Cool like, runnings. I sort of. Yeah. No, that was. That's talking about looks in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. I didn't have the looks that everybody else had, but I'm talking about within comedy. I I spent so much time just. In my own tunnel, looking forward, not thinking about what anybody else did, never really watched anybody, never complimented, never really hung out at shows that weren't mine. And this cost my career greatly. And I under I understand why. I ju- I'm just not so What do you wish you had done? You should have gone to many shows and hung out, right? No. I, I, it's who I am. I can't, uh, you know. No I, regrets, baby. No, I, I think I could have been less arrogant and, and nicer to people saying, hey, that's you know, maybe my ego didn't allow me to compliment or I, I wasn't able to see that there was something funny there. So that's that's definitely a mistake I made. I didn't ingratiate myself. But, you know, I didn't have a group in high school. I mean, it's like I didn't uh, I never really fit in. So why would I fit in with comedy? Why would I? There's never been a, a, a group. So, you think the the island of broken toys, they don't get along either? Who's that? It's from fucking. What is that from? Island Misfit Toys. She's been asleep for the last time. Well, we even lost Katie. That yeah. means we're down to 32,000. Oh. 
No, it's the Island of Misfit Toys. It's from fucking Frosty the Rudolph or something. Anyway, one of the Rudolph. You know the Jews love Christmas. Anyway, you guys love Christmas Jews wrote more than us. Every Christmas song was uh, written by a is Jew. Is that true? Yes. And every Jew loves Christmas more than a Christian because we're, we just take it for granted. Bullshit. When we're you, pandering. When, we hate no, it. It's a dumb holiday. When you sneak with into the socks, no, it's a dumb holiday. It's like getting into the United Sky Miles Lounge when you're not when you don't have a first class ticket. You are lucky to be there, and you're happier than the people that just bought the ticket. That's what Jew Christmas is. You don't tell me about. I'll Jew tell Christmas. you. I'm Lithuanian. We, close enough. We don't. We could care less about you love that it. Holiday. Your Chinese food with the songs. No, the... you you can keep the songs. You love <laughs> the songs we wrote. We yeah, can keep. You can keep them. <laughs> the religious ones. Dreaming we'll... of a white Christmas, Jew. Yeah, of course. All the non-religious ones. Yeah. You guys subtly shifted. Is this it. you shifting into religion? Is this no? Like... That's it. This show is like long. How long? We... It's been like half an hour. No, it's been an hour. An hour. It's been an hour. It's a long... This is one of the better ones, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like this... Does this, like, stay at the top of the... On the podcast page for a while? I don't... I don't oh, yeah, I guess. I, mean, I but, don't... I honestly don't look at it. No, no, I'm just saying, like, we, we promote this show more than the others... Oh, I, you're saying so well. your show, not it went this so show. Well. The Orny Show. Yeah. You want to know if you get bumped up ahead of other people. That's how, that's how you know. What... Tell me how you got a talk show. I'm fascinated. I think I think uh, I used to make the story more complicated because it was uh, not that compelling to tell it as plainly, as baldly as it really is. Here's how it is. It's quite quick. Uh, I was doing stand-up for about 12 years. I did Conan. Uh, I'm sorry. It was, I, think, you know, I was 30, 31 when mm-hmm. I did Conan the first time. Did it again when I was 33. Okay. So the second time I did it, both sets were great. Uh, I didn't get, like, standing ovations. You hear about, like, Ralphie Mae getting standing ovations yeah. on uh, Leno and stuff. wasn't that. I didn't walk off and be like, Simply the Bells. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that. Uh-huh. But I was like, I did my job. Like like Seinfeld. I did my job. Yeah, That's good. from the movie. Did my job. I went out, and I said the words, and I got laughs. Thank you. I, I waved to Conan on the way out. Walked out. Uh, no meetings. Nothing fancy. Um, then I got a call, literally just a call, because the booker, J.P. Buck, had me on the short list of people that were like, when this happens, when Conan wants a successor, or whatever you call, is that what you call a successor? Yeah. When he wants somebody to take the show after him, yeah. that potentially could become him when he wants to retire. Yeah. So there's a list. I'm told there was a list of like five names, and I'm on this list. It's amazing. I'd like to think I'm number one, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly after I got the show, people were like, you were number one on the list. But dude, what do I know? <laughs> so you're on the list just from two stand-up sets. I didn't know that. I didn't know I was auditioning to host a late-night show. You're always auditioning. I know, right? So yeah, that's right. And Conan and I talked, uh, especially after the second set. We took like <clears throat> 10, 15 minutes to chat backstage not about would you like to host a talk show <laughs> just about being from massachusetts sensibility and uh, honestly he noticed that both of us do this type of comedy that isn't against anybody meaning i'm not like shit putting people down i'm not like uh insulting people it's this sort of inclusive energy that that i honestly think has something to do with how you do the jokes as much as with what you're saying so he noticed that and we talked a little bit about that then I got a meeting with Jeff Ross, his producer. What's the difference between what you just said and me saying my act is polished? No, I compliment <laughs> that, myself all the time. Okay, all right. Do you remember I said I love it? Self-love is the cure okay, of a lot okay. of problems. All right, just run it. That was still bothering me. 
No, I was I was no, being I'm real. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, when I when I said that, everyone that listens to the show knows that if you love yourself appropriately, I am so on board with that. Okay, you should get off. You fucking work to get there. You know what I mean? I, I just... To the point where you can riff up top, open with it, <laughs> yeah. and have them think it's good. You should be proud of that. Just like no, a fucking cobbler making no ripping up front is easier because I understand. The, I know the jokes that are polished in there. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, thoughts yeah. that are cohes- yeah. cohesive. But when you can let them in yeah. to the flow, help you help me find this. Yeah. Your response is so much more valuable when I'm riffing because I'll follow that. You, you're informing it. It's sexual. It's beautiful. It's it's spiritual. It's a yes. great way to start. All right, now get to the part where Conan shuts the door and takes his pants off. <laughs> And goes, get to work. <laughs> Earn your show, yeah, boy. Yeah. And you think he's pale, you know, in the parts you can see. Good Lord. How skinny is he in real life? He's a thin man. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> I do not endorse that. The Pete Holmes Corporation does not endorse, endorse that last joke. Love I know Conan. he's your buddy. Obviously, By the way, you love Conan, too. Yeah, Conan's great, of course. So it wasn't just out. It was maybe like, I'm going to make this up, five months after my second spot. So it wasn't like I got a call the next day. I feel like in the retelling of these things, you do the set and you get the call that night. Yeah. No, it was months uh-huh. later. I was writing on a show when I did my second call. What show? It was called I Hate My Teenage Daughter. Okay. That runs the whole thing, five more months of that. Uh, and then I got a meeting with Jeff Ross and uh, Conan's producer, not the roast comedian. We get along. No, men- no real mention of like we're, we're looking for a talk show. Maybe he mentioned it lightly. Uh-huh. Then I got a meeting with Conan two days later. I go in. The only good part of this uh, story that I used to like was uh, the first thing I said to him was, where should I sit? I don't want to fuck your shit up. And I was like, oh, no. Why? Uh-huh. Why did I ner- kind of nervously? I was acting like I was calm, but I was kind of nervous, and I made that joke. Yeah. And I'm like, great. You know, why did I have to start with that? And he goes, you can sit there. You won't fuck my shit up. And he, <laughs> So he hit the ball Yeah, back. good. good and I was like, good. oh, thank God. Then we had a really nice conversation, very much like this podcast. We talked about Boston. We talked about our family. I love talking about family. We'll get to that. Let's yeah. talk about which parent you like better. Uh, and then uh, finally we, we ended talking about comedy at quite, quite length, quite huh. a length. Then I leave that meeting. Uh, f- maybe five days later, a work week later. You know, there's a weekend in there. Agents calling you? Phone calls in between? People are just asking how it went. I honestly yeah. feel like everybody was in the dark as I was. Yeah. How was Conan? Great. He said, my, my comedy tuning fork vibrates when I'm around you. Huh. That's what he said. So I drew on the back of my parking pass a tuning fork vibrating. I hung it on my wall. And I literally was like, that's that. I'm being real. Yeah. I would tell you, certainly you, the transparent comedian, I would tell you if I was like, here we go. I smell it cooking. Yeah. It's caramelizing, and I'm going to fuck that pot roast. That wasn't what it was. Uh, a couple days later, I get a meeting. Me, my manager, uh, Jeff Ross and Conan, David Kissinger, and uh, uh, another fairy. Well, fellow. now you know it's going forward now at this I, point. But I don't even know it's a show, to be mm-hmm. honest. I, I'm kind of like aware it might be a show, but I don't know. That's a good sign. Yeah. In the meeting, Conan goes, we're going to go to TBS and we're going to tell him we've been looking for the guy and we found the guy. And I've told the story before, the joke that I would say if this were a radio show or something, it would be like, I still didn't know they meant me. Mm -hmm. And that's true. Yeah. I was kind of like, who's this guy? You know what I mean? So I just kind of coolly was like, okay. Week later, we pitched it. They bought it. A year later, we... we, uh, That long, huh? I think it was a year and a half from then that we were on the air. Who was your first guest? My first guest was my friend Kumail, first guest of this podcast, too. Kumail Nanjiani is on Silicon Valley. But at the time, he wasn't even... You couldn't even say Kumail Nanjiani. You could say Kumail Nanjiani from Michael and Michael Have Issues, but nobody, not as many people watched that. Who show. was your final guest? My last guest was a musician, uh, Scott Hutchison, 
who's been on the show from the band Frightened Rabbit and played one of my favorite sad songs, which is actually very cosmic and perfect because it made me cry a little bit on the side. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was our last show. Huh. But when I hear that song, it's actually – it did not ruin the song for me. When I hear that song, it's a breakup song. Uh, it's a haunting song. It's how long did the show go for? Poke. It's called Poke if you want to hear it. Uh, it went for 80 episodes. Hmm. Uh, you, you could say two seasons, but that's just because we took a, like a three-month break in mm-hmm. between two orders. It's amazing, dude. Congrats. Thank you. It's really amazing. I am so thrilled with it. I'm yeah. so happy with it, and it's online forever. That's what I like to do. And uh, does it lead to other opportunities now? It certainly does. That's a good question, and you're being very generous interviewing me. And I'm going to bring this back to you with the question of which parent do you prefer. I actually find you more fascinating uh, than me. No, that's very sweet. Uh, but no, I'm happy talking about it. 80 shows. Never thought to put me on. Boop. I would have. I absolutely would have. Mm-hmm. Never thought But of I booked that show, the TV show, just like I booked this podcast, which was I would run into people mm-hmm. or I would like think of somebody. Not the guy who changed your life. Uh, or... I get it. You mean Seinfeld? I get it. <laughs> we we were out to Jerry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jerry called me. He goes, what do you know of this Pete Holmes? I go, I've never heard. I have no, I have no idea. He goes, we well, did. have you done it? I said, he goes, I'd do it if you did it. And I said, well, no one's called me. He goes, well, fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. That was the exact thing, Jerry. You know it. I know it. Want to know what other guests you lost? Who? Um, Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese. Who calls? Who's Pete Holmes? He called you to check? Martin Scorsese. That's crazy. Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio. called me. No. Pete Holmes. Leo? Yes or no? No. Yup. Tom Hanks. No, 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 no. Former President of the United States, <laughs> Bill Clinton. Called you. Called me. To see if you should do Pete my, Holmes. Any, I go, that no. Can't, can't recommend it. Well, that is haven't, heartbreaking. Haven't, haven't done it. Can I actually say? Done, Magic Johnson. MJ. Yeah, called me. Wanted to come on another midnight talk show. So what? Uh, after his. He goes, hey, man, what is Pete Holmes. I go, I, I can't, I uh, can't endorse. Haven't done it. Haven't done it. <laughs> haven't done it. <laughs> haven't done it. Musk, the guy who, the, 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 yes, the guy who uh, created the, uh, the the car and the he's sending people Musk? to space. No, the, uh, uh, the yes, wanted to go on your show. No, that would have been big. And I said, gotta be honest, I haven't, I haven't done it yet. Hey, I don't, uh, I don't even know. Putin, 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 what? called me, said I'm, I'm in. For a couple of uh, days in Los Angeles, we're doing my media schedule. No. What do you know about Putin this? Putin uh, doesn't Pete do the Hol- late night circuit. I, I kid you not. <laughs> I kid you not. You reminded me of something that I, when uh, we were doing the pilot for my show, I was going to be, I've been told this story by my agents. They were like, you were going to be in the Wolf of Wall Street, but you can either do that or you can tape your pilot. So there was an element. I watched that movie in a bittersweet fashion. Uh, I could have been one of those boys. Yeah. I, I would like to have been. Anyway, next time, Marty. Next time. What was I telling you? 80, oh, you asked me if it gets easier if, if, when you have a show. And, that, and that's true, yeah. Now, now some, occasionally you'll do an audition or a meeting or something. I had a meeting today. I don't remember asking you that. You did. Katie, did you I said, ask him if it gets easier? Don't ask her. She's she's on Facebook. She is. And well, you you absolutely can't be on Facebook. That's fine. If you want to be on uh, uh, Grindr or whatever after Oh, this. that's a gay man site. Oh, it is? It's for gay men. Well, which is the other one for uh, straight people? Uh, Tinder. Snapchat. Uh, Tinder. Yeah. I think you can be gay on Tinder, too. You can? That'd be weird if they excluded a huge market. Are they absolutely ones gay and ones for straight people? Is absolutely. that absolutely, <laughs> absolutely? It's an app. Uh, you did ask. Bill Gates. You son of a bitch. Texted me. Oh, he texted. Texted you. me, and he said, uh, which is weird because the bubble was green. He doesn't have Pete an iPhone. Holmes. Yeah. No iPhone. No iPhone. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you know? I want to go on talk about mosquito nets. Uh, in, is that a big in thing? Third world countries. Yeah, uh, we talk about it all the time. <laughs> yes, David Beckham. You could have gotten me signed. David that. Beckham. I could get you almost anybody in this town. Pete Holmes. You could have gone 240 episodes. I regret it. I regret not having you on the program. My God. Who? Which parent do you prefer? Yours. Which Which parent are you closer to? Uh, both for different things. Well, tell me what that means. Well, I don't know. I mean, we're going to get personal now. I don't know. My, I, I talked to my dad about uh, finances and guy stuff, and my mom uh, more about uh, the, why I'm in the fetal position today. <laughs> you know, whatever. It, it, it actually depends who picks up the phone. But if you're having a midlife crisis and your dad answers, you go, the NASDAQ is down. <laughs> I don't know. What do I do? It really, uh, it depends who's willing to talk to me that Who day. did you get along? No, here's what I'm looking for. I'm yeah. not trying to pit you against child. a parent. No, they both, they love me equally. You spent equal amounts of time. I feel like my dad uh, has sort of this, his brain works the same way mine does, or my brain works the same way his does. So... From an objective standpoint, I can give him uh, the things in the equation and see what he comes up with. Okay, girl, this, blah, 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 blah. And he can objectively give me an answer that I would be happy with if I had any clarity in my life, Pete Holmes. And then what? And mom is more for the heart. I don't know. My mom, you know, yeah. You know, funny lady and all that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what you know. What I'm after? Yeah, no. What? Uh, what's the? There's no right or wrong answer. I, I'm close to them in different aspects, but right. the same. A lot of the times, they're both on the phone at the same time. Why? And then I hear my mom go, "Okay, guys, I'm getting off." She gets, She's done. Done. Gone. <laughs> Gone. I'm, I'm gonna be that. Usually, when it comes to, to uh, hey, uh, did you see what this stock did or whatever? You know. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because, then you're then you're out. You know what I find is interesting about this business is. Uh, you know, you think of one thing. It's just right. All you want to do is write jokes, and you want to produce, and you've, and you're just for years. I mean, there were years it was so, um, uh, the money was so like nothing there in New York. I was walking because I couldn't afford the subway. I couldn't afford you know Gatorade if I was walking home. There was no money. And then when you start to sort of make money, money comes in. Uh, you don't know what to do with it. Mm. Nobody's taught you how to handle your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so all of a sudden you're like, well, how do I invest? How right. do I put aside? How do I? Right. And, and that's where my dad comes in and helps a lot. He's really he's been doing that his whole life. Is that what he does? No, but he's he's, he's smart like he's that. A Jew. And yeah, I thought you, it was in you your say? blood. No, you said he's a Jew. You just whispered. You everyone can tell from where it came in their ears <laughs> that you said he's a Jew. I was thinking it. <laughs> I read your eyes. I was thinking it. Yeah. You guys didn't live in Newton? A lot of Jews in Newton. A lot of Jews. I feel like Merman's a Jew, right? He is. Yeah, Yeah, he's a Russian Jew. I am wondering, and this is honestly a question I would like to be asked, Mm -hmm. so I don't think I'm putting you in the hot seat. What happened? Why did you become a comedian? What What was... I think, by the way, I don't think we're all sad clowns, but I do think something I think could that's be good. the biggest. Let me tell you something. Hit it. When, uh, and it's, I don't want to talk about it specifically because I, I considered him somebody that uh, I grew close to, even though did not have that many interactions with uh, Robin Williams. When he passed, I was so furious at people making these sweeping generalizations about comedians, which I think is such horse shit. That we're sad. We're not. We're, as a group of people, 
If you take any cross-section of society and break down the numbers, there are going to be depressed people. There are going to be alcoholics. There are going to be people that, that do bad things, and they are going to be great people. But I'll tell you this much. I, I've never written a great joke when I'm angry. I write out of happiness. Mm. I went into this business because I like to see happiness. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. And I think that when people that know nothing about comedians start sounding the bell like every comedian right you better be on alert if you know a comedian you better call him and make sure he's okay you know i'm getting phone calls hey is everything okay right. you know right. hey just because you know uh, things happen it doesn't mean every Orny, single- i can't i got out of bed the other night to write this down you're ripping a thought from my brain what i mean is i completely agree and the bit was i i, I can't I haven't done it on stage, but it's that idea that people were like, he seemed so happy, Robin. And I was like, he was! Just because at the end, darkness won out, you know yeah. what I mean? In that moment. Right. And just because he had struggles and pains. Oh, when he did when he did let him and he seemed so happy, that's a happy guy going up there and killing and crushing. And his life had goodness in it. Just because at the end that the scales tip. Well, I, I, here's the thing. If I were... Things go a really weird way. There are different theories about Robin. Could be medication, whatever, all the, the, the diseases and stuff. It could be that. Let's say, God forbid, I end up killing myself and people want to go, ah, the fun dad guy, he was a secret, he was a secret sad sack. Ha! I knew those comedians were, were going back to the hotel rooms and crying. No, I go back to the hotel room and I jump on the bed because I'm living the dream. And so was he. We're everything. You're not sad or happy. You're not depressed or, or uh, level. You're every, everybody's everything. And what you're saying about the group and the cross-section, of course we're going to have some people with abuse problems. We're going to have people that die every once in a while. It keeps happening. But that doesn't mean that those people weren't more than that, more than the thing that caused their end. Or that they represent the entire community. Right. Yeah, give me a call. And, yeah. you know, I've got my problems with the media. They can, they can screw themselves, you know, creating a new event every week. This week, it's, um, uh, it's Ebola. You know, they anoint yeah. some new story every week. And, you know, they, they're exploiting, you know, Robin's death to go on there and, and have these talking heads tell the world that what they, you know, I know more comedians than any of those people. And you can't fucking say that. Yeah. You can't say every comedian is sad. I right. wanted to, I wanted to go through the TV and wring their necks. I mean, I called right. CNN. I was fuming. I mean, how dare they? You have CNN how dare they? Them. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. CNN wanted to do your show. And I said, no. <laughs> Pete, who? That was masterful. That was masterpiece theater right there. I so it brings back to your question, which you should never ask again. What's that? Why did you become a comedian? Because there's well, no I, set. I can tell you why. I have a yeah, desire. But to I be, said not. I don't think we're all sad. I'm just wondering what it was. But there's no event. It's, I I happen to be a personality that enjoys making people laugh, seeing laughter, and I have a great great burning desire to be heard and be seen and be loved when i was uh played softball that sounded gay um <laughs> which part <laughs> yeah this whole hour everything i say <laughs> and that's not a bad thing um you know, I, I, I was the pitcher because I wanted the attention. That sounded homosexual. Yes, homosexual. You, you love pitching. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because... You weren't a catcher? 
you could come after me now for using for saying you know that's not a gay you know but it, that's yeah. we grew up in a time well Boston they're still saying it yeah I was just in Southie it's not as bad as uh, but I, I feel horrible for saying that um, I immediately take it back I made a joke that you didn't get and I feel bad about that what is that the homeless pitcher I said you're the pitcher and then uh, oh I get yeah, it yeah yeah you get it now no I was in my head going yeah, I, know, I can't I believe saw. I said that I could see that you weren't present because I got so like wound letter. up in what I was saying no, I understand that I was no just... don't get derailed because nobody it's fine people understand the, the whole point of, in fact what I was saying about Robin everybody's everything everybody sometimes says the wrong word it's okay mm-hmm. nobody, we can see your heart and nobody thinks you're like fill, filled with malice uh, yeah but, you were saying uh, so I I have this desire and I enjoy doing it, but there's not like one incident. I don't. Can you I trace do, it back to what? Well, no, I I can, and I I'm not saying I'm sad, uh-huh. but I am I, okay. So I agree with you about that. We're not all sad, and I don't think I'm sad. But I did live in a house where mom didn't speak dad, dad didn't speak mom, huh. and my brother didn't speak anybody. So family meals were tense. Huh. There was arguing and stuff, and that's where I did have. I'm going to say it was like eighty or ninety percent. Just natural gregarity, natural wit, and all that sort of stuff that I just enjoyed being silly. I always did. Footage of me as a kid, hmm. loving that sort of stuff. But then you add the the the, uh, the the added energy, I was looking for the right word, of parents who aren't getting along in a family that can feel tense, you're, you're goddamn right I'm going to become a better performer because when everybody's laughing, mm-hmm. we're not misunderstanding. You know when you're high and you're like, you're watching two people talk on, on pot. You're watching two people talk, and you're just like, he asked him that, and he thought he meant that. But he's answering a different question. Nobody's listening. That's how I felt as a kid. Huh. And that's one of the reasons why I don't... We got to wrap at six. Oh, fucking dick. Okay. I'll try to delay him. It's okay. That's how I felt as a comedian. So I became a better communicator. Yeah. I, got, I became hyper aware of how people are feeling. How's mom? How's dad? How's brother? So now I go on stage. You don't think there's any chance that you would have been a comedian if you were raised but in a you, different set of circumstances. You use the brain cells that you use around that time. But if is, I had been like crafting doors in the backyard, I might be building But you doors. don't know. This is like nature versus nurture. I mean, I, I believe that I'm wired in a way that I see things differently. I agree. But there are door makers that do that too. Well, I, I would have been a <laughs> hell of a door maker. I would have been the best. Uh, Put them in bats. Yeah, what do we have? Revolving, <laughs> regular swinging. People ah. would have walked down the street and said, that's an orny door. Yeah. <laughs> that guy will open doors for you. <laughs> well, we only have about 15 minutes. I hate to cut us off. I'm not wrapping I'm wrapping up that topic. Yeah. I, get I, I want to talk about God before we're done. I, and I still feel horrible that I said uh, that sounded gay. So. Do you really? I do. I honestly do. See, I think that's good. That's humanity. I don't. People be, say things that make them feel bad all the time. Good to capture it. Not on a podcast where there's thirty eight thousand people that, listening. Again, masterpiece theater, <laughs> man. You really are. It's just like it's like a master's course. Good for you. Uh, you want to talk about what? God. Yeah. Uh, so, how were you raised? Religiously Jewish? Uh, Jewish. Yom Kip. Yeah. Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. I just I just fasted. Did you do? Did you? You didn't go weekly. No, you know, religion to me um, is just, you know, I, I, I'm i not very religious. I have a different relationship with religion than my parents do. Sure. Uh, I fast because it makes me feel close to my family. Culturally. Culturally. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Well, what about now? Let's, we could say, what is, the, what is all this? What is this? If religion is myth and metaphor, what is it pointing to? Do you believe in something more? Is there nothing? 
you know, people that say there's an energy, a universal energy, is as hacky as that sounds now. Oh, I thought you were just going to say can go fuck themselves. I was like, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 believe, I believe in energies. Right. I, I truly do. And what, how does that manifest in your life? Uh, what I mean is, do you pray to that energy? No. Do you feel it more at other times? Yes. So, I can see it. I can you, see it. What I do you can mean? see things. I've, I've yeah, had, that's a good answer. What does that mean? I mean, I've had spiritual moments. Hit it. When I've been meditating. I've, Hit uh, it. I've had moments on stage that would blow you away. Tell me. Uh, is that the music for the uh, it's spiritual like a, it's moment? Like an, it's like an Emmy speech. That's <laughs> there's, now, there's now a mixer <laughs> going on at the comic book store. <laughs> the kids are slow dancing. Some yeah. are getting to second base. Look, it's a different scene here. Yeah. We got, lo- we got retainers. We got slow dances. I lo- Listen. Pete, mm. Mm. I know. Tell you, me what happened. I know you consider me an outsider. I never said that. But <laughs> you know, as Coach Finstock on the uh, television show Teen Wolf, mm. I, I I go to a lot of these conventions. I do panels. Oh, I believe it. And I sit there and I sign and I meet <laughs> you. I mean, this Horny. is cleaned up Hollywood comic book. I'm going to. I've seen. I've seen things that would you blow cannot, your mind. You cannot bring up the TV series Teen Wolf after you told me about your transcendent experiences. What does that mean? Tell me one of them, please. You're in the safest place, and I couldn't be more interested. I, I meditate. I believe in energy. Go. Green light. I, I won't. Green light. I, I won't discuss, uh, because I want to do it in a, in a different form that uh, I control, uh, and when I have all the thoughts out, what happened to me on stage two times. But No. I, I, give me a hand. As much as I love you and is endearing and that bullshit smile you have going. It's a right fake now. one. It's a fake producer no, smile. That's a real smile. I, I there was one time I was doing yoga, mm. and I got so deep into the breathing. And people that don't do yoga, like there may be a prejudice uh, out there. Some of the people that are left listening um, in eighteen parts of the country. Yeah, uh, if you notice, I switched formats there. Instead of using a number, ah. I actually yeah. It's all part of building towards when Masterpiece have, one person left. I, I can hear you <laughs> mocking me. Uh, <laughs> yoga is an incredible tool where you stretch your body and to a point where you want to scream at whoever told you to do yoga the first time. Yeah. But you learn so much about yourself at that moment. Uh, and I was in such a pose that there was a clock. I could hear go. And it stopped. And everything stopped. Every When I tell you, every organ in my body stopped. Stopped. You know when your heart's not going, when blood's not pumping, when your brain, there was, it was nothing. And I sat there and I go, it was so peaceful. It was so beautiful. And I thought, uh, when are they all going to start, come stand over me? And say he's dead or, you know, start doing CPR. And you're sort of, you're out of your body. Mm. You're out of your body. And it was just such a beautiful, peaceful moment. Mm -hmm. And then I returned. and Eyes closed? Yeah, eyes were closed. But I I think I remember opening and looking going, geez, why isn't anybody running over? Why Mm -hmm. isn't anybody helping me? You know, you're fully aware. But I just know that sound absolutely stopped. And everything, my whole, every organ just shut down. So you had absolute presence and, and also separation from reality. It was as beautiful, and it wasn't scary at all. Yeah. It wasn't scary at all. Um, 
But that doesn't really answer your question about universal energy. And then what else are you seeing? You said you see stuff. Well, what do you mean? I see stuff. You said stuff. I see energy. Yeah, I can see people. I can see people and I can see, you know, whether it's positive or happy or sad. I mean, don't you ever, have you ever been walking down the street and you see somebody and you, and you look at them and you just want to cry? Like mm. you just absorb all their You're sadness. Yeah, you just, it's, you know, we're humans and, and you can't hide it. And I think everybody is capable. I think it's easier to shut your eyes to most of the world. I mean, especially nowadays because it's just so gruesome. You're at your phone too. <laughs> I haven't looked at my phone once. No, not you. Yeah. I just mean we're shut off to the world because we're looking at our phone. It's a lot easier yeah. to have the TV on all the time. I, I'm guilty of that. Or music. Anything to distract me from going inside and really trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think the scariest thing is how blind we really are to ourselves. I mean, I, 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 I just, I look at myself, I'm like, wow, I really just... You know, I have no clue who I am. Like, I, I'm just making mistakes, and I'm so, like, I, I've, I'm blocked. I'm blocked. And I think most people probably are. Mm. Blocked. Yeah, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. We're all raging against something. I understand. Some people, it's gluten. But, you know, sometimes you see something that's so beautiful, a group of people coming together and doing something for, for out of love and, 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 and this cohesiveness, and you, you get shivers. Yeah. And you have to feel that energy. Right. But there's no question there are energies out there, uh, whether there's one man or woman up there controlling, uh, you know. That's, right. That's another. What about the idea that we're all inside of God, that this is God, that you are a part of God and everything is God? Does that work for you? I haven't even thought of it. Mm. You know? But I just don't like... When I talk to people that don't believe in God, when we start talking about a man observing things or a woman observing things, I'm like, no, that is just the, that's the story we tell to understand that something is behind it. Why are you so fascinated by God? Well, it's because that's how I was raised. I think it's something to be interested in. Because raised by parents that didn't talk to each other. So then why believe God? <laughs> why believe them? Why take any of their word? I'm being serious. No, no, I, I don't anymore. I, I don't take that dogma anymore, and mm-hmm. now I'm fascinated by it because of experiences that I've had, not, not as interesting or pinpointable as you have, but feeling that, you know, feeling when, when you get shivers hearing certain stories and, and different thoughts and stuff, but it's also, it can also be boiled down to a little bit of fear. I'm like, what happens when we die? Because it, when you're told something all your life, you're going to be judged, you're going to be judged, you're going to be judged. It's hard to shake that entirely. Hmm. When I've had good sleep and I'm with a friend and we just had a nice meal and a glass of wine, I'm like, there's no fear of death or judgment. But can't you just live your life? Like, do what I do. Uh, I I try to do unto others as I'd want them to do to me. I try and be as nice to people. I'm certainly fair. I I can tell you this. If I was more shrewd and willing to screw people, I could be a lot further in this business. Sure. And it wasn't even consciously. I, I just don't have the ability to underpay somebody, to screw somebody. Right. I mean, there's a club that I worked recently. Uh, I don't feel like they were going to make their – I didn't feel like they were going to make their money. I feel like they signed a bad contract, and they were way overpaying me. And I offered. I said, uh, we don't have to tell my agent. We don't have to tell anybody. Don't, don't, you don't have to give, give me enough that you've – I'm doing fine. You own a club independently. Yeah. Give me enough that you don't. That's great. And that guy uh, paid me the full amount, had me back six months later, sold it out clean, Mm. and got the golden bonus. Sometimes there's a a huge bonus if you sell every show out clean. And that guy made a lot of money on me. Mm. Now, that 
that was feels like karmic energy, but that wasn't the reason I did it. I, I just don't believe in screwing people. Right. As, as much of a, a prick you might, you might think I am and as the, the tough exterior and this loud guy on stage, I believe in justice. I believe in justice. Um, so, and, yeah. Go ahead. What about when we die? Is there any sort of so, after? Uh, what I'm saying is, Do you care? I, don't, I don't give it much thought. I wasn't raised with this sort of, uh, hey, you're going to be judged. I don't remember that ever coming up, but I'm doing my best down here because that's who I am as a person. You know, and it's not sort of like, uh, you know, I think it's a priori, a priori knowledge. Like, like I, you didn't have to tell me not to kill somebody. I wasn't going to kill somebody. I, I just innately know or feel to act this way. So I'm not doing it. So in essence, maybe it's more pure. I'm doing it because that's who I am. Mm. I'm not doing it because I think there's an after. I've never even really thought about it. I think, I, uh, you know, I don't give it much thought. I don't deny there's a God, and I don't embrace the, the, a God in a, in a sort of 100% in all the way type person. I, I, I'm, I'm just who I am, and I hope whatever happens... Uh, they don't make me come back and being comedian again. <laughs> You'd be fine as long as that's not yes. the case. I like that answer a lot. Very good. Final question. Ready? Do you uh, address religion in every one of your podcasts? Yeah, you do. Okay, because that's what was told to me. And do you ever comedy, get... sex, God? We skip sex for more comedy and a little bit of family. Well, I'm, I, I like to talk comedy, and I don't talk God that often. So you got uh, probably the only tape out there of me ever talking about uh, God, and I hope he doesn't uh, come talk to me. <laughs> Everybody else has texted me and uh, called me about you, so God might. Uh, but that's that's fascinating. Yeah. No, I love talking about it. I yeah. just I, it's just a worldview thing. It's yeah. always interesting to me. Boy, Katie missed that whole. Thing. She would have been so impressed she, with my she, answer. She'll download it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. uh, what is the hardest time you've laughed? Can you remember? With my uh, with my family. Really? No question. With my family. Wow. Yeah. In fact, one of the bits I do on stage now, my dad was right there when it happened, and we were dying. I mean, w- tears coming down. What was it? My family. Uh, it's it's a bit I do on stage now, so yeah. I don't want to be accused of doing a bit on, on a podcast. I'm sure that I asked you breaks a rule. Um, I was on the phone with HP uh, about my, the printer for my printer, Hewlett Packard. Yeah, Hewlett Packard. <laughs> oh, yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta, I only have an hour. I gotta, I gotta cut some words out, <laughs> cut some syllables. Hey, you're saving time. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm on hold forever, and my dad is right across from me, and the guy uh, 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 comes back. He's asking all these questions, and then. He's like, is it plugged in? And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm an adult, right? Like that. And my dad laughs a little. And then he goes, well, uh, he got nervous. He goes, well, can, uh, can I ask you? He's trying to cover up his accent. Uh, what, uh, what do you use your printer for? And I, uh, my mouth is open. I'm looking at my dad, and he's trying not to laugh. I go, oh, uh, I'm, I'm using it to iron. I'm opening <laughs> the, the top oven. I'm putting the pants. I'm making flapjacks. I put the batter in there, and I hit print with my foot. I, and, I, and I'm going on, and my dad is in tears. This guy doesn't know what to do. I go, fix my printer. You know, fix my, you know. Uh, and then you realize it wasn't plugged in? It was, no. <laughs> I'm pretty techie. <laughs> you know to plug it in. But my family, uh, it, when we were like a core family, we would laugh and laugh and laugh. And it was uh, to tears. Yeah. And they, they, they understood my sense of humor. And uh, Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's a good answer. Thank you. You feel good? 
I feel great. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Sorry to wrap up, and sorry I was late. But How long before I get rebooked? Six months. Six. And you better sell it out. Six. Wow, I got your call back. That was that was yeah. I got it. <laughs> you better golden bonus. It. I'll tell you something. Yeah. I I think that uh, this was a wonderful conversation. Thank you. And I feel I like so too. I picked up twenty two thousand Twitter followers, new fans that remained with us for the entire seventy five oh. minutes. Yes, seventy. You'd be minutes. surprised. Every time a guest says no one listens to the whole thing, everyone that comes up, I, I meet people after the shows. They all say, "I always listen." I always Will listen. I awesome. get attacked on Twitter for anything? No, or, uh, any. You know, the thing like uh, when you said the gay thing, like sometimes we take those things out if the, if the guest is really freaking out. But the thing is, like, I, it, this all goes back to the whole thing. I say things all the time where I'm just wrong and we leave it in. Don't you see that I replay the podcast in my head and I go, that could be misconstrued. Yeah. I could take it. I could protect myself and mm-hmm. I could protect the guest and be like, look, we're perfect. This is network TV. Here's yeah. a Crest commercial. Fuck that, man. We're always, we offend ourselves. We let ourselves down. We slip up. I'm not saying you did any of those things. Well, I'll tell you what Keep I like. Keep it in. Yeah, I'll tell you what I like about it was I was just so in the moment. and like, Yeah, that's right. I grew up in a time when like it had nothing to do I know. With a, you know, homeless. you grew up in the same town as me. I did. And it was just sort of like, you it know. It was a little bit after you, and I, I, I'm pretty hardcore, don't say gay. You mm-hmm. know, like, eh, you oh, know. let's edit it out then. No, no, no. No, let's edit it. Look, why don't we uh, have We can't. We've been talking about it all this time. It's the whole hour. It's the. It's when people say, if they say it in a sexual way, especially, that, that I don't care for. The, the F word, the fag word. Oh, you can't say that. I don't like that one. That bothers me. Unless it's so absurd. Like when uh, Louis calls the deer the N-word. You know, that, uh, that no, bad. no, no. He, for no reason, calls a deer the N-word. So I should uh, be prepared for an, an avalanche of... Uh, no, here's what you should be prepared for. Uh, more people coming out to shows and saying, I heard you on that podcast. I hope because so. you were great. This was a wonderful experience. You'll see the needle move. Why do you think that... What I think I came to admire about Joan Rivers after she passed was she just didn't care. Why do I care so much? That's something I need to work on. In fact, I'm going to go on every podcast and say gay until I come <laughs> to terms with the fact that it's it's okay for me to be a look. Like, Joan was actually happy. Right, that people didn't like her. You know what? You know what's interesting is, as much as I love to be misunderstood, it's for the right things. So when I say in the documentary comedian, I, I have to open my own door. If you don't get that, I'm cool with that. But the gay comment bothers me because that, that isn't who I am. It doesn't represent me. Yep. That, so I apologize. Final time. <laughs> you are a comedian. Are you sure nothing fucked you up? <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm you. I'm so close to saying something so inappropriate. <laughs> Katie, yeah. cut it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got to say keep it crispy. Keep it. Cr- was that our sponsor? Yeah. Well, what do I get from that? That's not the sponsor. It's just a catchphrase. Keep it crispy. <laughs> you call your dad like, I think I endorsed the Keep It Crispy Foundation. <laughs> He's like, I'll look into it. I'll make a call. Thank you, Ornie. I want to say something. No. Nope. I don't even eat a We're cracker done. barrel because of their anti-gay. All right? You got a Chick-fil-A bag. <laughs> Somebody tweeted they were trick. I couldn't believe it, Chick-fil-A. You can't. Yeah. No, no, no. Was it real or was it a Chick-fil-A? No, it was uh, the real deal. Thank you. Thank you. I snuck that joke keep in. It, keep it um, crunchy. You know what? Don't keep it crispy because that's what Chick-fil-A oh. does. No, I'm kidding. Keep Is that it, true? Keep it crispy. Mm. It's a crispy sandwich. Mm. Thank you, Ornie. Thank you. Or- Orenthal James Simpson. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now leaving Nerdist.com. 